0: Let's suppose for a moment that when you came in this morning, I handed you a piece of paper and a pencil. And let's suppose that I ask you to write down on that sheet of paper the three things in your life for which you are the most thankful. Now, I didn't do that, but think about that for just a moment. What would be the three things on your list For which you are today the most thankful. Now let me ask you another question. How would your list differ from that of an unbeliever? How would your list differ from someone's list who is not a Christian? I would imagine that on your list is your home and your family and your food Might put down your health and your friends, some special thing that you own or you enjoy. Yes, I would imagine many of the same things that are on the list of the unbeliever. And so I'd submit to you that we might need to refocus and redirect our thoughts about Thanksgiving. That is, when we list the things for which we are thankful, we ought to begin with the, what the Bible says that we ought to be thankful for. And you see, as Christians, we're to have a different mindset from the non-Christians. We're to have the mind of Christ. We're to think His thoughts after Him. And so our short list of things for which you're thankful ought to reflect eternal values rather than simply temporal priorities. And Psalm 100 might help us with that as much as any text in the Bible. I would imagine that outside of Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm, the 100th Psalm might be one of the most familiar uh, to us. Now let's be clear, there are literally hundreds of verses in the Bible that exhort us to praise and thanksgiving to God. But on this Sunday, on this Sunday before uh, Thanksgiving Day, I want to use this very familiar psalm to help kind of redirect our focus about what it is we ought truly be thankful for the most. Some, this psalm does two things. One is it directs us to be thankful. And the second thing is it does tell us specifically what we ought to be thankful for. So first, there's a, a call in this psalm for us as God's people to be A thankful people. We find that in verse one and in verse four. Verse one says this shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. And then verse four says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Notice that this call to thanksgiving is not a focus on material things but it's a focus on a spiritual reality. This really is a call to worship. It's a call to praise. It's a call to give thanksgiving to God. It is uh, a call for us to to shout joyfully, to sing gladly, to praise Him enthusiastically. And all of that joyful shouting, glad singing... Is to be directed toward God. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. And that's the way it ought to be if we're going to have a truly thankful spirit. Your sense of the presence of God, your understanding of the truth of His Word, your understanding of the reality of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, your understanding of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. All of that is really what causes us to be a thankful people, a truly thankful people. Because if on your list, your thankful list this morning, all you have are temporal blessings or material things, your thankful spirit is going to be very erratic at best. But if your thankful heart is focused upon the character of God who he is then your thankful spirit can transcend your temporal circumstances we must all come to the place where we realize that if everything else in our lives was taken away and all we had left was God then that would be enough that's where Job came You know, Job was a fascinating man. Job was a very wealthy man. Job had a lot of money. He had a lot of land. He had a lot of livestock. He had a lot of servants. He had a large family. He enjoyed good health. Today we would say Job was a man who had it all. The Bible says he was the greatest of all the men of the East. And yet, as you know, piece by piece, It was all taken away. He lost his money. He lost his livestock. He lost his servants. All of his children were killed at once in a tornado. And then he lost his health. His health began to deteriorate until finally he was in a condition of complete misery. And this man who was a man of such great prominence and prestige, the greatest man of all the East was reduced to a pauper sitting out in the city dump, scratching himself with a piece of broken pottery, trying to get some relief. Yet in the midst of all of that, Job said this, The Lord gave... And the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Even in the midst of all of his temporal blessings being taken away from him, Job was able still to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise be to God. Even though Job had everything taken away, he realized that God was enough for him. And my question to you this morning is, would that be enough for you? If everything on your thankful list was was somehow removed and, and taken away, and all you had left was your relationship with God, would you still be able to praise him? Would you would you still really be able to thank him and to bless his name simply for who he is? That's an important question, you know, because someday that will happen to all of us. Someday everything in this life is going to be taken away and all you will have is him. I'm a blessed man. been blessed all my life. Haven't always had everything I wanted, but certainly had more than I needed. It was privileged to be raised in a loving and caring and supportive family. I was able to receive a good education. I've been called a lot, one of life's highest callings. I've had the privilege of ministering to some of the most wonderful, godly people in Christ's kingdom. I have a nice home. I have two cars. I have a wonderful wife. I have two successful sons. I have a closet full of clothes. I have plenty to eat, you can tell. And I have some great friends. I've enjoyed good health. I am a blessed man. And yet the question is, how would it be with me It was all taken away. How would it be if those things I look to as the blessings of God in my life, if they were all taken away, how would it be if I lost my home or my cars or my wife or my sons or my health? Would God truly be enough for me? Sometimes I'm not sure I can honestly say that he would be. I'm so attached to things of this life. And that's why the psalmist says look, you need to redirect your focus here. You need to shout joyfully to the Lord. You need to to serve the Lord with gladness. You need to come before Him with joyful singing. You need to enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. You see, it's when our our minds and our hearts are focused toward Him, then we realize, you know, He really is enough for me. Because again, if I find my gratitude, my, my thankful heart, or my thankful spirit only in the things that I enjoy in this life it's not based on very much ask the people in the Philippines one storm found it all taken away and so our focus must always be on God and our gratitude must be to him for who he is. But the psalm does go on to tell us some things for which we ought to be thankful. Things about God for which we ought to be thankful. And there are actually six of them. I'm going to touch on them briefly as I conclude this morning. Look with me at the psalm. One of those is that we should be thankful simply for the fact that the Lord is. That God exists, verse 3. Know that the Lord himself is God. Do you realize how wonderful it is for you to be able to say, I know, I know that God is the Lord. I know that He exists. That He is real. What a blessing to be able to know that God really is. You know, the world is turned upside down. Men worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. People live and die for the things of this world. People try try to find their sense of significance and meaning and purpose in in the things they experience in life. And yet, how distorted that is because, again, our our greatest sense of meaning and purpose and significance in life should come to the fact we simply know God and that God is and that God is real. Know that the Lord is God. It says, believe it, trust it, commit your life to it live by it that God is the Lord the second thing about God for which we should be thankful is that God is our creator also says in verse 3 no it is he who has made us and not we ourselves we'll go back to the importance of the first three chapters of the Bible where we have the description of the creation of the world a sovereign God who called all things into being by the word of his power in the space of six days our confession says and all very good God carefully meticulously out of the dust of the earth formed a man in his own image And breathed into that man the breath of life, giving him a living soul. And then brought alongside him a helpmeet suitable for him. Folks, that's where we find our real sense of who we are. And the fact that God has made us, and not we ourselves. God is our creator. The Bible says that because God has created us, then He also owns us. And that's what the psalmist goes on to say in verse uh, 2 or verse 3. We are His people. We are His. We belong to Him. And we belong to Him by creation as we've just seen but we also belong to him by adoption God has called us chosen us to be his people We are his because he made us He is the potter and we are the clay But we're here by his by adoption because he chose us in him in Christ before the foundation of the world to be his people His special possession. You know, God's always had a people for His own possession. In the Old Testament, it was the the Israelites. And remember what He said to them in Deuteronomy 7, I chose you, but I did not choose you because of anything in you, or about you, or because of you. Not because you were more in number than the, the other peoples. You were greater than them, better than them. No, I just, it just pleased me to do it. That's why you're my people. And how thankful we are to be to God that he has allowed us to be his people. And then a fourth reason to give thanks to God is because he is our keeper, our provider, and our protector. We find that at the end of verse 3 where it says not only are we his people, but we are the sheep of his pasture. You know what the psalmist is saying there. God is our shepherd. God is our shepherd. He is the shepherd of our souls, and you know what a shepherd does. A shepherd watches over, cares for, protects, and provides for the sheep. Well, I do want to take you back to Psalm twenty-three, where, in the most familiar of psalms, we find a description of what it means. For God to be our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. David said. I shall not want. Those two things are tied together you know. The fact that David doesn't lack for anything. Is because the Lord is his shepherd. Verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. And even though I walk. Through great danger, through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you're with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. A shepherd provides for and protects his sheep. And that's what God does for us, he is our shepherd fifth thing for which we ought to be thankful about God is that He is good and kind. Verse 5. The Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. We must always remember that God is good. Even our children learn that from one of the basic uh, primary uh, blessings that we learn early in life. God is great. God is is good and not only is God good but what God does is good you know Romans eight twenty eight, one of our most favorite verses God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him now there are some things in our lives and we look around at life around us or look at our own lives and we say you know that doesn't seem to be too good We see things happen and we say, I don't think that's very good. But instead of questioning God's goodness, which is our tendency sometimes, maybe we ought to redefine our understanding of what is good. Is what is good only what makes me happy? What makes me comfortable? What builds up myself? What makes me feel needed or important? What keeps me away from sadness or pain, sorrow, or difficulty? Is that what's good? Or is what is good what makes me a better person? That helps me trust more in God, to be more dependent upon him. I had that conversation with Ron Klump earlier this week. When you go visit Ron, he ministers more to you than you do to him. We were talking about that this morning with some some men who've been by to see him. But you know, we were talking about that. And he understood that even though that's not where he wanted to be, not what he wanted to be doing, that it was good. And that God was going to bring good from it. The Lord is good. And, And what he does is good and some of you all go, are going through difficult days some of you all are struggling with some things in your lives but I want you to understand that it's because God is doing something good in your life and he promises to work it all together for good uh, for you and then there's a sixth thing for which we ought to be thankful about God and that is his faithfulness the last line of the psalm says His faithfulness is to all generations. God is faithful. He is the one constant thing in life. He never changes. He's the anchor for our souls. He's the one thing that holds us steady and fast. He doesn't move. He is completely faithful. The God we pray to today is the same God to whom Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob prayed. He hasn't changed a bit since then. He is faithful. And you know what? He's faithful to all generations. He's faithful to those with the gray hair like me who are in the Last stage of our generation. He is faithful to those of you in the middle range, and he's faithful to little ones. He'll be faithful to the third generation. There may be even a fourth generation in here this morning. God's faithful to generation after generation after generation. And we can claim God's promise. Not just for ourselves. For our children. And for our grandchildren. And our great-grandchildren. Because God is faithful to his word. And so when you begin to make out your thankful list this week, and I would encourage you to do that. It's a helpful exercise just to take some time by yourself and say, okay, what is it in life for which I am truly thankful? And don't just write it down on a list and say, here it is. Remember the the ten lepers that Jesus healed? And they all went away and one came back to express thanks. Do you think that the other nine weren't really thankful? They had to be thankful, didn't they? Only one came back to give him thanks. Don't be like the nine who are thankful, but don't tell him. You know, take a few minutes. Write it down. Bow your head say, Oh God, I thank you for these things in my life. And when you make your thankful list, you make sure that you are first of all thankful for God. Because when you are thankful for him, you will always have something to be thankful for. Be thankful simply for the fact that he is, that he exists. That he's your creator. That he made you in his image. That you are his. You belong to him. By creation and by adoption, you're his people. That he is your shepherd, your keeper, your protector, your provider. He is good and kind. And what he does in your life is always for good. And he is faithful. Faithful to himself, faithful to his word, faithful to you. Faithful to your children and to your grandchildren. For you to have a truly thankful spirit, that's where your focus must be. And we all know the greatest things that God has done, the greatest thing God has done is send his son to be our Savior. You know, Jesus really is the one who ties all those spiritual realities together. Because, you see, Jack, Jesus was his existed from all eternity. He was active in creation, calling all things into being. He calls us to himself, allows us to be his people. He is the good shepherd. Who calls his own by name. Jesus is good. So good he gave his life. And he is faithful. The promise is true. If you believe in him. You will never perish. If you believe in him. You will have eternal life. So I want you. This week to have a happy thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. But I want you to know that the way to have that is by redirecting your focus upon who God is and what he's done for us in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And I thank you for this psalm. It's been so much to many of us over the years, one we might have put to memory as a child. But Father, may we use it this week to redirect our focus be truly thankful to you to who you are and for all you've done for us especially what you've done for us in Jesus whose in name we pray amen